I was unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was still unprepared. Uh, hello, we're live. We now have a live screen for anyone who um, came in early enough to see it. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. This 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 really throws me off knowing that we're actually live, and then it's like just click the button and have it all ready, and then we're up and we're here, and you know we're trying to get more professional. We're trying to title the the show, although the title isn't updating. It bothers me. It it says it like in the edit. It's like it has it saved, but it still says it's the one about the season of the Drifter. That's oh. that's frustrating. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess. Technically, it's still the season of the Drifter. Yeah, but it's it's the one about the light and the dark, and I want people to be able to see that and know that because that's what this episode's going to be all about. We're going to be talking about the light and the dark, and it's very upsetting that Guardian can't be here. Uh, he was supposed to be here, but he's sick, so he's unable to to um to join us. Um, because you know some new stuff came out, and it really it really opened a lot of um doors you know like there's a lot of ways the the future of the game can go the yeah. the concept of dark guardians always gets thrown around like people want it so badly i'm not in favor of the idea of dark guardians it feels like very odd and out of place and just doesn't work mm-hmm. but maybe that's because most people when they say dark guardians they're like it'd be awesome if it's like like world of warcraft and we have the the good guys and the horde i don't know what the good guys are called in world of warcraft i don't play it <laughs> Is it not the Alliance or something like that? Yeah, I mean, close enough. Yeah, I think it's the Alliance and the Horde. I don't know. But yeah, I feel as though the, the, the things that have happened... We got a lot of lore. Yeah. Like, we got... we got. I mean, how many how many new books did we get in the last update? For every Rose of Thorn, Man With No Name, Ecdysis, Dust, Stolen Intelligence. Six books. Warlock Honor. The Warlock Honor. An- yeah. Anor. I'm going to say Honor. Anor. Anor? Who, who did you pick? <clears throat> who did I pick? I, I've, I'm with the Vanguard. Okay, well, that's why. Drifter Drifter calls her out, like, by name. Oh. It's There's no, some Warlock, Anor, trying to kill me. Oh, that's See? that's that's the only reason why I'm correcting you on it. Like I know that's well, actually how it's pronounced. I mean, I don't think the drifter's pronouncing it properly. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, it's A U, so that's like O, right? Uh, that's how I th- I thought it was Honor. Yeah. But it's now Anor. That's annoying. Uh, I I don't know what. what that's that, um, that's not your bit. Well, <laughs> so. Yeah, so we got six new books. Mm. Um, there's there's so much stuff. <laughs> like, thanks, Volts. That's that's helpful. I'm just like like what do you guys what do you guys think? I don't want to I don't want to take this too far with me just going off on tangents. What are you guys thinking about the light in the dark and where we can go from it? I think. So just before we went live, I was kind of saying, "Is it, are we going to talk about everything?" Because like, I so much there's there's been so much stuff. I don't even know how to how to how to 
how to say that. It's just like a, a lot of our understanding about the the world of Destiny in terms of the good guys and the bad guys mm. has kind of been turned on its head. Yeah. Um, a lot of the good the, guys were bad guys. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the... You know, like, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I haven't really trusted the, the Drifter since his arrival. But actually, you know, I, I, I don't... I don't necessarily think he's a good guy, but I don't think he's a he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout all of the, the the history of the law, you know, we've kind of seen Shin Malfer as this shining beacon of like this is this is the the actual good guy, mm-hmm. you know. And now, I mean, I'm not so sure. I I mean, I still think he's a good guy, but he's not this he's not this paragon mm. that 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 we thought he was. <clears throat> Um, I, and you know, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of thrown a lot of a lot of ideas that I had out of the window, in a way. Uh, and there are some kind of crackpot theories. You know, I, I mean, okay, I don't mean crackpot theories. Like a long time ago, when we first started getting the the Shin Malford Dredgen Your Jarrod mm-hmm. cards, you know. There was en- enough gaps in the story that people started coming up with theories that that actually turned out not to be correct. But mm-hmm. at that point, there wasn't enough proof to to say either way. So there were things like you know, uh, Dredgen Yor is Jaron Ward, and all these kinds of things. And and I almost feel like that set us up for the fact that none of those theories panned out. Almost led us to this kind of situation where you know i remember i i think i i said this uh um i can't remember when i when i said this but you know somebody said in 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 one of the, the, the uh, discord channels um that in the cutscene with the drifter that was shin malfa holding a thorn and everybody kind of said ah that's that's really dumb but you know i still don't i, I mean it absolutely isn't it absolutely isn't but it isn't as ridiculous as it was. <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean? <clears throat> so, um, since we're actually on that topic, um, that cutscene, the invitation to the nine that we get when we see the vision of how the drifter proved himself worthy, it shows his ship, the derelict, mm-hmm. and it does not have the hull, the the thing that he's towing. Mm. So when Shin Malfer comes and meets the drifter, he's got that thing towed. So I mean, like that right there completely mm-hmm, cuts it out true. that it can't yeah. be shit. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just think you know, but the the, the you know when we sh- when we saw the publicity shots, mm-hmm. the reason that a lot of people threw it out is because we said, oh well, Shane would never be wielding Thorn. Mm. So while you're right, it it it's still you know it's definitely not Shane. There are there are other things that that rule that out. I still kind of feel as though I don't know things certain 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 doorways that were closed are now open. If that makes sense. Mm. Well, listen. I mean, they're doing a good job of trying to ki- cast doubt on your on your favorite characters. <clears throat> so they want to lead you into this position where 
you have to make a a moral judgment going forward. So they want they want to have they want to have some sort of an internal struggle struggle with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you align with the drifter originally, knowing that he's kind of a shady character, and then you realize, oh, hey, maybe he's not so bad. Because the best way to tell a story is to show the humanity within uh, mm-hmm. a character that may be on the fringes. You know, mm-hmm. you can show, hey, you know, it, it's like Breaking Bad. You know, you can see a humble man turn evil and uh, realize that pride was eating him up the entire time. Or, you know, it could be the opposite where you could see a horrible monster at the beginning become human at the end. Uh, and it's just it's just a way to introduce stories. Like everybody who picked the Vanguard might have thought, <clears throat> and, you know, I don't want to make this about like morality or anything, but just, you know, just to kind of cast it in the in easy more simply more simple way people pick things based on their understanding currently um within the lore or what they know to be you know mm-hmm. good or bad or whether they want to be good or bad or whether they want to be um you know fundamentally right or wrong you know and so i think we we are understanding throughout the story, just setting this up, we're understanding throughout the story that not everything is meant to be okay. And your, your heroes that you have, they're flawed and you have to understand that, you know, some of them may have come from, from some dark beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these dark people that are coming in and you've got to realize <clears throat> maybe they're not so bad. It's like when we first met Eris, we didn't know if we were going to be able to trust her. She was out on the outskirts of the tower. She was hanging there forever before they allowed her to, to enter the tower. And uh, we realized, oh my goodness, maybe she's really helping us. You know, mm-hmm. maybe she is aligned with the with the tower. So that's my point. We're in, we're all in a state of doubt about everything that we've learned so far, and I think that the majority of that is intentional. Mm, yeah. Definitely. I think that's something that, that even the, since the very beginning of Destiny, like m- mystery is one of the most important kind of concepts, one of the most Im- important like philosophies of the game. Um, there, there's a constant sense that you're not given the full picture. And, and, and that, that's, that's good. You know, like, like shows like this wouldn't exist if we, if we just knew everything from mm-hmm. the start, because like you could just read everything and that's it you know every detail yeah. but there's so much mystery like even like we, we've been given that there's so many there's so many questions that have been answered uh you know we we, we in the in the new books we learned about um like the nine yeah so much about <laughs> the nine um but uh, about A118, you know, like that three. was right. That was the pretty good one. I apologize. That was yeah, that was three. That was something that I I uh, like. I didn't really have any ex- any expectation that that and, would be. And um, well, and the then, red box. And, yeah. yeah, red box. That was really well, cool. And then then there was just finding out simple things like Shax is a warlord. Which was what Which I was going to bring up, how you were mm-hmm. saying, like, some people start bad and then they become good. Like, you look at Shax mm-hmm. today, you're, he's like, you're like, he's a hero of the city. He fought at Twilight Gap. If it wasn't for him, we might not be here today. You know, like, all these good things, but he started as a warlord, as, like, a yeah. very bad thing. 
Well, I, but I, I know we always, we, I feel like we always talk about like the warlords are bad. I'll be right back. And I, I feel like, I feel like I'm always saying, you know, like, but are they really? Like, all of the iron lords pretty much started as warlords. Um, you know, I, 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 well, I don't really. I think, I think the, I think the moral, I think the moral dilemma is. Um, what we know about warlords is uh, they were a collective group or gathering of their own uh, their own interest and they weren't working towards a common humanity uh, collective humanity they weren't working towards building and rebuilding what was uh, already here they were just more interested in in collectively surviving so they wanted to build up their own little hubs of of warriors, you know, there were warlords, they were lords of war, you know, they mm -hmm. had to mm -hmm. uh, build their own little stuff, and then they were in fighting and in struggling. Uh, but then when the Iron Lords united, that was the very first symbol of getting back to um, humanity, right? That was the first collective idea that, hey, we need to think for the greater good. And so they I, went I, out trying to, to recruit. Yeah, but I mean, I feel I feel as though like if the if the warlords, I, I don't think that the warlords are such a simplistic group that they only existed for for self interest. I I think that the warlords, um, you know, they. I'm not saying that they had that they were purely selfless. Oh, were you muted there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was muted. I was I was trying to say it's easy to feel like you're the good guy when ultimately you're helping people. Yeah, I think that's right. the thing. Like like the the I have no doubt that the warlords were ultimately helping some people. You know, like it's just that they they weren't really that they, they. You know, if you look at feudal society, if you go back to our our own kind of histories, mm -hmm. you you know, especially European cool. history, but but the same all over the world. Like, lords d didn't see themselves as oppressors, you know. They they saw themselves as you know, as as part of the part of the the government. The fact that they weren't elected was not really something like you know democracy in 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 the form that we know it today didn't exist. So, this this idea that you know you would have a king, you would have lords, and you would have a structure that was purely hereditary. Is I mean it's it's fundamentally unjust, mm. but at the same time, nobody in that system would consider themselves evil, or even they probably didn't even consider themselves oppressors. Yeah, and yet that's right. exactly what they were. And I think it's the same with the warlords. They, they looking back at, with our current history, within the world of, of destiny, the Iron Lords wanted to shake up shake up the status quo give give you know non risen individual freedoms which is is that kind of like Lord... socialist idea well i don't <laughs> think it i don't think it is i think socialism no, no I, I mean if you if you it is a move to the left but demo, mm. you know democracy isn't fundamentally socialist no, it can be no. You know, but I mean, like even way. now, there's it's not really the city's not in a democracy. It's more no. In, what is it like a monarchy? I I don't think it's a monarchy exactly, but the, but you know you have it's like a monarchy uh, without a king. It's, well, it's like an uh, maybe an oligarchy or something. You know, you you, you have that's when the that's when um um like rich people own. 
It's a small group of people that have control. It doesn't mm. have to be rich people. Oh. But but um, it's it, in this instance, I would say that the factions and the the vanguard and formerly the the speaker, you know, they're not they're not elected as such. You know, no. you you have um, groups like or the rather they elect. Are, yeah, exactly. They do. It's the like there there are there are a group of people that are regarded as like the the leaders. Mm-hmm. You know. And you do have changes to that. You have you have like shifts in the status quo, like um, you know, uh, future war cult. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you have an instance where you know, like like Cade's death seems to have caused quite a change in the status quo of, mm-hmm. of the government. The speaker's death as well caused a massive change to the the, the, the structure of of the way that that group functioned. But there's still, as far as I'm aware, there are no elections in the city. You know, um, it's kind of similar. You know, when, when you have a, a, a like martial law, where you have a um, a military, you know, that that the military kind of enact um, government in order, you know, with the aim to protect the people. But I mean, it, it isn't always it doesn't always go that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's similar to what what's happening in the tower or what has happened in the in the city, where es- essentially the guardians govern the city mm-hmm. and there are a group of guardians who have who were elected as kind of leaders elected maybe is the wrong word but chosen as leaders and then there were a group of representatives from the city that the the guardian leaders have effectively allowed to have power anyway all i'm trying to say is even the current system is probably not totally yeah. just by today's standards, whereas um, the, you know, looking back, the warlords are even more unjust. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just a matter of of history <clears throat> perspective. That's why I wish um, Guardian was here. I don't I don't play Anthem, so I really can't um, mm. give much insight on it. But like I've I've talked to people who play it, and in Anthem, they essentially have their city. It's like for uh, Tarsus, I think, and. Um, they're not the only city, which really bothers me. Like, why aren't there multiple last cities of guardians? And like, they can be peaceful. They don't have to be warring with each other. But like, why is there only one? That just doesn't seem natural. Hmm. Well, it's hubbed around the traveler, so the the people that are that's true. The people that built this, the people that built the city, and the people that are <clears throat> aligned with one another for that cause are. Um, very much the tower, the city, and their roots are under the traveler. I mean, there could very well. I mean, there are there are other um, light bearers and people out there, um, and they might have their well, own. I mean, on like a grand and, scale, like how the city is, like a massive yeah, think, collection of people, well, not just settlements. I think just from the little things that we've learned in the lore, going through Destiny throughout the year. Um, I think we've we've understood that they 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 tried that that some of them tried that but they were ultimately torn down by our enemies that are out there, um, mm. and so that it wasn't just a mass uh, um, it wasn't just a mass movement you know I mean well I mean now it would be it was, sorry 
No, no, no. I'm just saying it wasn't like when the darkness came and there was an exodus, right? We mm -hmm. had to get the heck out to try to save what we had left, or we could, you know, we could save what we could, right? It was kind of this firefight to, to get out and try to save what we can. Mm -hmm. um, when, when light was restored and people were risen and uh, there was a lot of infighting and a lot of enemies, uh, there was just the very basic survival uh, necessities. And so you had towns, you had uh, collective groups, uh, you had warlords, you had um, you know the Iron Lords emerging from all this. But I think a lot of them knew that this, the city was being built and there was the, the yeah. movement of those people to the city to build that. But there, there was very much still people spread throughout that haven't. Um, brought themselves to the tower. I mean, mm -hmm. for them, it might still be somewhat of a dream, you know. We don't know because they haven't really elaborated on all of those stories. But what we've learned from get ghosts going throughout the solar system and bringing back intel, we've kind of had all these collective little stories and fragments of other people's lives that either were trying to get to here or just knew about it or, you know, just didn't care. Yeah. So then... Um... One of the big reasons settlements originally failed. Like, I don't know why the city worked when nothing else did. Like, maybe the traveler, maybe there was just more people, maybe there was better leading people, whatever it might have been. <clears throat> One of the big reasons that a settlement would fail would be the dangers of that world, where it's like, they. I think um, in the book uh, The Man With No Name, they mentioned that... Um, you know, the warlords would just leave them for the fallen. They would like take all their supplies and leave the people for the fallen. And that was a, f a fate considered worse than death. So do you think that now, like when the cabal are crippled, the fallen are crippled, the hive don't seem to have much presence on earth now, maybe they do. And we're just not seeing it. The Vex have never been seen on earth. And the, you know, I mean, so like earth is really like, it feels like we've almost taken back the majority of earth. Like there might be like little cells of like fallen or cabal or taken, mm -hmm. but it really feels like the tables have completely turned, you know, like, Oh, how the, how the turn tables, man. Right. Yeah. I think I mean, there's something scary about that. <clears throat> the fact that we've never had a vex threat on earth. And I'm wondering uh, if something's going to be built upon that, and and maybe it has something to do with the traveler's presence, because hmm. one of the things we know about the the hive being on the moon, uh, and and them stealing a fragment of the traveler at the very beginning of the game, mm -hmm. was that very much helped give them an introduction to Earth. Um, it was it? Uh, well, you know, that wizard came from the moon. We yeah. had we had learned we had learned that the <clears throat> the hive had some sort of paracausal tie to uh, you know open a little portal here. They were trying to re you know remember remember they were trying to to uh, resurrect Crota on Earth. Or yeah, but I mean, if you go thing. if you go back before then, before um, Dark Below. You know, there were there were hive cedars in the cosmodrome. Yeah, that's what that's the connection between Earth and the 
uh, and the moon, really, I would and say. Like, they, like, mentioned they gave the moon to the hive. Like, the hive were definitely on Earth, like, earlier on at some point. And it was just, whatever the fight was, it, like, kind of settled with, you get the moon, we'll have the Earth. Which seems fair, right. you know? And now, um, just speaking about the moon, uh, Luna is also quarantined. Yeah. That is two cool. original Destiny 1 locations that are just quarantined. Like, it feels, like, so out of place. Like, I wish that Bungie led with this, like, in Destiny 2, where they were, like, I don't know how they could, how they could handle that. Like, maybe, like, maybe, like, in the opening uh mission homecoming like the pa system was just like running on a loop reminder luna old russia um the sinking shores like all these locations have been on quarantine just something like that so people are like oh wow what happened like whatever locations they decide but i i'm not sure is the entire moon the hellmouth the hellmouth is quarantined yeah. because in you know in the in the fragment entry from stolen intelligence which i think is what you you, you mentioned probably uh, yeah and yeah as as sean vertigo says the there are lots of guardians who've made their home on the moon yeah well and that's and they are the ones that keep the the they are the like hive. protectors of the quarantine yeah yeah so yeah. i just wanted to clarify that because I, I think I, yeah i agree it's interesting destination is quarantined mm-hmm but yeah, it's not like it's hey, not the entire just, moon. Just yeah. real quick, we're also. But I mean, it's not the entire Earth world. either. It's just the locations no, no, that it's, just, it's the locations that we've been to are yeah. seemingly being like, okay, well, no one can go there again, and it yeah, feels the like there's mouth, a reason. The Hellmouth, right. the Cosmodrome, the Plague Lands. I know that kind of the same location, but yeah. We're also getting a little bit of insight into um, the Vanguard Patrol. We're finally seeing a few items drop in and being brought <clears throat> to the world of destiny that kind of tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what we, what we already knew was out there is that we have, we have authority in the city and we have authority that works for the Vanguard, the police of the, you know, mm. the Vanguard, which is kind of neat. I, I thought that was a neat little uh, thing to drop as well. So they're bringing back some of the things that have always been a little bit, ominous i'm not sure if i if i understood exactly what you what you meant there do you mean that it's interesting to see that the vanguard the vanguard do have some authority over guardians no i think it's just the 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 authority over the city the the people we have you know a patrol group um that we that we didn't know a whole lot about um before and we're starting to see some items emerge which I was just throwing that out there. It's kind of neat that when you were talking about the protectors of the moon and, and I, I think back to the protectors of the city uh, and, you know, the patrol groups that we had. Hmm. What, what, where was that mentioned? I don't know if I, if I missed that. No, no, no. There's new, there's new items on, in the Vanguard popping up um, that just. Do you mean like from... flavor text? Yes. Right. Oh, I must've missed that. So there's this yeah. flavor text that implies that there are guardians that patrol the city. Yeah, well, we knew yeah. about them before, like with Twilight Garrison, you know, it has the police lights on it from D1, and we always were like, oh, that's pretty cool that there's this, like, 
RoboCop kind of collective group running around, you know, protecting the the, the people. So um, exos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, but we have Exo-Cop. we have uh, we have cops <laughs> or security. You know, we have these yeah. Uh, yeah. neat little security group uh, that I mean, we're starting to see a little bit more. Like. You know, like you have like military police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, one of the things I really wanted to talk about on this episode was the drifter. Okay. So the drifter is called a rogue light bearer and he's really the only person who's still going by the term light bearer because like generally everyone's accepted to be a guardian. And if they're not a guardian, like what are they like the shadows of, of your running around doing their things, but like even them, they're not really considered anything. Um, yeah. And so like the drifter, the drifter isn't necessarily of the light and he's also not necessarily of the dark. Um, and this expansion, we've been getting a lot more about him specifically the, um, gambit prime class items each have a little bit, excuse me on him. And it was the, if you read the gambit prime, I think it was the warlock armor. Um, the drifter like tells his story about how him and his crew left the system and found this icy planet. And on that planet, there were these creatures that suppressed light. And so he's basically stranded on this ice planet. And then the red war happens, red war happens. The light kicks off and they all think the other one turned off their light. So it ultimately becomes the drifter kills them where the drifter gets killed by one of them. And so the drifter killed everyone who was not already dead by that point. Mm-hmm. And the Gambit Prime Warlock Bond kind of tells the last piece of that story because we have him on the planet, but we don't know how he's supposed to leave the planet. And so basically his whole life, his ghost has just been like, trying to get the drifter to be a guardian trying to get him to do the right thing and drifter's always been like no i'm doing my own thing that like screw you this is what i'm doing Mm. and it was at this moment that his ghost as he called it snapped and his ghost is like i know how we can get out of here um we need to hunt the other five ghosts on this planet so they go and they they hunt down the ghosts of the dead the now dead guardians and they take those ghosts and use their parts to upgrade the drifter's ghost, which is yeah, insane. It's pretty messed up, yeah. Like, um, yeah. let's see. There is an exact line. I have it open here. It is the illicit Reaper Bond. You can find it as. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So. Hey, there's always hope for what it's worth. I'm proud of you. It was the last thing my ghost ever said and the last lie it ever told. The next morning, it was forever changed, but it had a brand new shell of armor reinforced by the guts of five other ghosts. Its eye was bright red. It could no longer speak. The blue setting was still there, accessible when we needed it, but the red setting would save our lives. It was kit-bashed and jury-rigged, but it could replicate the energy of the cages. We froze every creature we came across brought all of them on board a ship I cobbled together. Now that we were free to explore that ice trap of a planet, it was a trash fire of parts I lovingly dubbed the Derelict, a ship that I added to as I journeyed back towards home. 
ghosts could now tap into spectrums of light no one on Earth had yet seen. Spectrums beyond the light. Don't get me wrong, I'm no herald of the dark. This was a kitbash job. So, that's that's kind of huge. Yeah, and it took that it took that ghost to to make that happen, which is freaky that that potential was there. I think it's interesting the story of how Drifter's ghost got to that point. I I, I think that the relationship between uh, the, the the Drifter's kind of like history is interesting. He you know he never appreciated being a guardian. I don't mean that in the sense that he he he, he resented being resurrected mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. Um and he lived his you know, he had many lives <clears throat> that he that he lived before he kind of became the person that we know him as today and he lived a lot of those lives as if he wasn't risen. Um you know, and in a in a way he he kind of he He, he starved his ghost to a point, if you think about it. If he is mm. if he's not giving the ghost what the ghost wants, basically, the ghost got somewhat desperate. So mm. do you think are you saying are you setting up that you're saying that maybe there's something more to our relationship with our ghost? No, I'm not saying that. What I what what I was trying to say, I think, is that in a way, during the period of the warlords, the drifter recognized something that I don't think anybody else recognized. If the other risen had lived their lives in the same way as the drifter, then actually the you know, the, the that period, that dark age would have probably been a lot better, you know? How so? Um because the, what the warlords did is they vied for control of land, whereas what the and and you know and then the iron lords kind of built this this opposing more kind of righteous empire effectively mm-hmm. that that said to the the warlords either you stop what you're doing or we're gonna hunt you down mm-hmm. well to an extent you know like like basically um, protecting individuals mm-hmm. what the drifter did. Is he so he lived in this town? He effectively defended it in secret. He pretended to be one of them. He brought them food and he allowed the people to to hunt them. He used his powers. He used the 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 the, the ability that the ghost had given him. And he didn't go and fight wars. He didn't go and you know he protect. He he just cared for this one town, and you know he had no he had no. Um, ambition mm-hmm. he didn't want to unite everybody into this great now in the long term i don't think that would have been a, a good strategy because as soon as you have things like uh the hive the hive and you know gaul and oryx and you know these other existential threats mm-hmm. you know you need an army in those situations you need a group of people who were trained mm-hmm. what what I th- what I do think is that the Dark Age kind of that ambition wasn't channeled into let's defeat Oryx. That ambition was channeled into let's carve out our own empires. And if a few 
non-risen get killed in the process well that's mm-hmm. that's what it takes to, to to for the greater good mm-hmm. anyway so in a way i feel like the drifter is a better person than many of the iron lords hmm. well the iron lords collectively understood that they were more more powerful as a pack and they realized that mm-hmm. they were stronger for doing so and so they were able to do and achieve a lot more uh, things. Yeah. So yeah. so so when the warlords were were separated and and they were hoarding their <clears throat> their power uh, for their collective interest, um, the iron lords realized that hey, there's a greater threat and we're all doomed if we don't address this. So we need to unite and, well, and uh, share our light with one another. That's where you see the iron lords separate themselves effectively, is by sharing their life that was a big deal for everyone in this whole entire story arc um when anna bray was first you know dropping pools of uh light did i say that right yeah when she Mm -hmm. drops pools of light with her golden gun that was the first time when people realized hey this light that you've been gifted is meant to be shared and you're effectively stronger because of it that's fine, but I mean, I don't know why you trace that back to the Iron Lords. Um, no, no, no. I'm just saying to delineate between what you're trying to say is that that but, that but there, there are, are these groups that were, you know. But there's another group, you know, like the uh, one of the one of the interesting pieces that 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 um that was added was how you know the term guardian seems to come from the Pilgrim God, right, and so. I would argue that the I don't think that maybe the Iron Lords did you know that they were well, more similar to Guardians than Warlords, but perhaps there are actually three groups. You know, well they didn't there call are... themselves. Remember, and like we learned, you know, they they planted the seed too in the lore that we just that just dropped. Um, there's an item somewhere that tells us. Remember, we used to not have classes. We mm. you know we used to not have so that that kind of tells you that. <clears throat> at a time when all this was just being figured out, like we, we used to think, well, what is your, and uh, is he a Titan? Is he a hunter? Is he a warlock? And when we were all trying to figure out these things out, they were existing in a time where these definitions and these focuses, these disciplines, these titles, they weren't, they didn't exist. These things didn't, we didn't have, like you said, guardians. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe the Pilgrim Guard is the reason for that, that, that term. But these mm-hmm. terms and titles and definitions came after those struggles. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just, I sorry, you going on? I just wanted to say really fast before, like, we get too far down, like where this is going, that um, the Iron Banner, according to Seagoth's head, uh, thought we formed the banner to fight the darkness, not ourselves. Just don't bode well. Is all I'm saying, Gellion. Mm. So, like, mm-hmm. even though the Iron Banner ultimately ended up fighting the Warlords, their original purpose was to be the army, to be prepared to fight Oryx and any other threat that comes along the way. Like, not Oryx himself, but, like, the yeah. threats like that the, will come. Yeah, the yeah. bigger paracausal threats that they became aware of and realized, hey, we're all doomed if we don't unite with one another. Because they had learned that after their wars with the other uh, lords, they had learned that they were able to share their life with one another and that they were effectively more strong, stronger because of it. And so it became a thing of, we see advantage. We see a... We see 
a weak spot in the paracausal enemy threat that is within our galactic, uh, you know, environment. We see a way to defeat these guys instead of just surviving. There is a well, way I mean, now I... that we can beat them. Sorry. I, I agree so... with, with a lot of what you're saying. I just, I don't think that I agree that when you say about sharing light, and you used a good example of Anna Bray sharing light, Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if there's any evidence that like the Iron Lords kind of did that. There is. I, there's I, the battle that that Scory the Bard basically. Um, you know, she she is effectively talking about how they fought in battle with one another. These are the things that I'm not saying that it outwardly says, "Hey, they dropped the pool of light and then they all picked it up like we do in mechanics." I'm just saying that they realize using their abilities with one another. Is okay. what helped. It's like when right. they if, if that's up. no, if it's that's like what you're F- saying, that's yeah. fine. I totally agree with that. I, I just, mean, that I, was the, you, you got to take it from you got to take it from a story arc perspective and what they're building in the narr- narrative in the in in the game. So they're giving you just enough information to show you that these are the things that are pointing towards the direction of the story and how it's grown over time. When we first see uh, light bearers um, working with one another. Is very much the Iron Lords and how, like well, for mean, instance, even warlords work together. Yeah, I don't think he... I, I don't think I agree with that. Yeah, the warlords, like a fight in the story that the the Drifter tells yeah, about the, Eaton, the man the in red come, came in a team. Yeah, there's like six yeah. of them show up. Hmm. It's not, you know, I I don't think the the warlords did not invent um, working together. Well, the, 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 sorry, the Iron Lords did not invent working together. The Warlords already did that, and they mm. might have had leaders, but so did the Iron Lords. You know, uh, but, if I, I, I definitely think that they fought together for the greater good in a way that the the Warlords didn't. You know, I think the Iron Lords were definitely a step toward a, a better world. I just don't think that there was anything that you know. If, if the claim is that they shared pools of light. The first reference we know of that is Anna Bray, which is which is after the later. Iron Lords. Yeah, right. if the claim is that the the Iron Lords no, are the first the, group the that claim works, is, yeah, if the, the Iron Lords. Is, well, go, hold on. Let me let me specifically call it out. So the claim is that the Iron Lords showed that we were stronger for sharing our light, not necessarily dropping pools. The first claim that dropping pools is how. We can share our lights with Anna but Bray. But, but early on, early on, did stones. the did the Iron Lords even know about like what their light can do, other than bring them back? Because all the early Dark Age, like imagery that we're given mm-hmm. for how they fight, they're not saying like, oh, then I cast a golden gun and I blasted them. Mm-hmm. They fight with like glaives and swords and axes. Well, they and imbued hammers. their they they imbued their yes exactly they imbued their uh, weapons with the abilities. So like for instance. You know, Saladin's But I, I just think that uh, I, I don't think that the 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 warlords. To me, the warlords and the iron lords differed in philosophy, yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. in. But that's where the, that's where I'm pointing. That's where I'm but pointing. The, but at the philosophy, it, not, not in terms of philosophy of let's work together. Yeah, not in, in strategic of, philosophy. No, not in strategic. In terms of you know, it's not okay. Like civilian casualties are never okay. Killing other people's ghosts is never okay. Yeah. These are the things that Fellwinter kind of calls out in some of the new Drifter lore. Those yeah. are the ways that the, Dark the, Horse. the Iron Lords... Yeah, yeah, the, so speak, I, yeah, so speak about that. Bring that up right now. That's something that we learned about with Fellwinter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so um, let me just find the 
particular card. So, so. Uh, sorry, you go. No, no, I was just gonna say because Felwinter was, as an Iron Lord, was known to have killed Chitin mm-hmm. or Kaitan, however the hell his name is pronounced. Yeah, Chitin, is how. Um, and so then Jermaine, Wu Ming, the Drifter, Dredgen Hope, however you're gonna call him, climbs up. And also, I actually want to say something on this. He climbs up Felwinter Peak, and he mm-hmm. finds only Felwinter there waiting, because Felwinter only goes out on like the most extreme of cases. He feels like kind of above it all. And he mentions how Dryden used the town of Eaton as bait to lure the man in red out and to kill him. And so, like, Felwinter is like, I don't care. And then he's like, oh, Dryden also killed all the ghosts. Like, he's breaking the Iron Decree. Will you not deal out justice? Will you not go and kill Dryden for doing what he did? So it just seems like Felwinter is kind of back and forth within the Iron Lord morality. You know, like, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to kill someone's ghost unless they deserve it. Like he he specifically defines what he thinks is worthy of listening or not listening. Right, I know what you mean. Like he's well, <clears throat> he's choosing what to to obey as a moral as a moral right and justice. Hmm. But, but I mean, um, I don't know. Like, like we don't know exactly what the kind of the oath that the Iron Lords take is, and what the punishment for breaking that oath is. Right, yeah. we didn't ever see any of uh, like the rules behind yeah. the Lord. So it says Dryden had broken the rule of involving lifeless individuals in Iron Lord business. And he had committed the additional sin of inflicting final deaths on the warlords he defeated in an act of bloodlust and rage. Um <laughs> wait, what sorry, I was looking for the exact line of what I was trying to find. I have the card open. What was the the other thing within the um the man with no name? It's like um, you know, he's talking to Felwinter. Is the dark horse of iron for hire? Felwinter stood and politely motioned for Wu Ming to take his leave. Wu Ming sighed, shrugged, and left the chamber. He had a long climb ahead of him. <laughs> He's at the top of the mountain. He's on he's on yeah. Felwinter Peak and he's got a long yeah. climb ahead of him. What my mind and maybe maybe they mean like a long climb down, but to mm-hmm. me that just remember that that little easter egg in yeah. Felwinter oh, Peak? Yeah. You had to climb That's up exactly the mountain. That's what I thought of. It's the <laughs> very first thing I thought of. I thought that was intentional on the writer's part. Yeah, they no, I thought they were like, yeah, let's, let's bring up that like that little uh-huh. campfire that's yeah. up there for no fucking reason. Yeah. Mhm. It's a great view. It is. Mm. You can see your enemies coming. <laughs> Unless they're even higher up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, you know, I mean, the reason that we got into this whole discussion is And off-topic. And off-topic. Well, it's yeah, still kind yeah, of related yeah. to the well, light it's still the dark, topical because you know? we're learning about... Yeah, we're learning about what... Ha- Look. 
fell winter. We'll have to do broke. a part two for next week so Guardian can actually talk his theory <laughs> and we can talk what I was trying to lead us to, but you guys immediately snapped back on the this. Sorry. Well, we it's can, just, okay. it's kind of, That's it's a, a little bit yeah. revelatory. No, it's, it's, it's relevant. It is. It is. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> So point is, Fellwinter um, killed some people. Mm-hmm. Like Final Death killed some people, and uh, that was kind of a no-no. Oh, like what we know now—that's a big no-no, right? And so now we're we're. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. The, light... it, 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 the, the man with no name is pretty. Uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it there with that part. It's basically guardians haven't always, they always like act like they're of the light, but they all like choose what is light and what is dark. Toland is like bad juju. Who cares? Like big deal. <laughs> I mean, eventually Toland goes even further than that, but like mm-hmm. big deal, bad juju, whatever. And like other people like, like Felwinter is like, I will kill a ghost if I have to. And then there's other people like Anor who's like, we're going to kill the Guardian and capture it, which is crazy. They have ghost jail technology. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the uh, I saw I didn't pick the drifter path, mm-hmm. but um, the spider has a, a ghost in a in a cage. Is that right? Something like that. If you, if you do People whatever. are saying they want to be able to free the ghost. They should increase yeah. the glimmer cap so they can free the ghost. Hmm. <laughs> and how much was it for a, a, a Galahorn? It was like, oh, the Galahorn was 20 exotic engrams. Mm-hmm. Which, even if you could still carry exotic engrams, is more than the cap that you can carry. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Back in D1, you could get 20 exotic engrams. And that would be crazy if they did something like that, where it's like, oh crap, someone can actually buy that. But it's like a nothing <laughs> item. It's just a replica that doesn't even work. That'd be awesome. Right. That would be awesome. I would just go anyway. Re- yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Um, what were we talking about before? I, I guess, sorry, let me rephrase that. Which tangent should we go back to? Well, I was trying to say, like, how there's different. People view the light in different ways still. Yeah. Like, we I mean, Drifter even mentions. Said, Drifter even mentions how. Shaxx was a warlord, and I think that's where we spun out of control. So, well, back, so back to that is that not everybody is who they see. Well, Shaxx, and that's the crazy thing about Shaxx. So, like, I think it was actually the Drifter who said it. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot you used to be a warlord. And Shaxx is like, I still am. Like, oh, yeah. crap, Shaxx, mm-hmm. calm, calm down. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But also, the cool thing is how they call back to saying, you know, hey, back in the day, we didn't have classes. You know, it's very much, it's kind of illuminating. It's kind of like reminding us, hey, guys, you know, you're you're talking about hunter this, titan that, warlock this. Those are disciplines and focuses that didn't exist back then. So reminder, think about it. Reminder. You know, these were these were different times. So then let's talk about that if I can find it. Do you remember the entry? I don't. I remember reading it, but I don't remember where it was. There's so much stuff it's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah, like I don't know how to find it either. 
all the stuff I see is like not finding it. Essentially, um, there is like Vanguard. Oh, that's what it was. Was it Soul Intelligence? Mm-hmm. There's a Vanguard, um, like transcript of the Drifter mm, yes. because it was in the War Like a Nor. Duh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one where he's talking to someone. Yeah, where he, where she like, she like, um, she gets him talking to like no one. I think it was. You you gotta update the um the book, the pub- dude. It's not it's not in the book. Oh no, surveillance transcript. Is it that one? No, it's not yeah, that one. It's surveillance. No, it, it isn't. It is, but that's not the that's not the entry. Uh, but do you do you see what I mean? You didn't. The page isn't updated. No, I know, because I didn't publish all of them, because I only published the ones that I could get, but then I stopped getting them. But so, we told you. I know, but only there's some in there that I don't, I still don't think you can get yet. How do you, you can get them all. How do you spell, how do you spell surveillance? It's not, it, well, that's not the one. It is the one. Jesus Christ. Okay. So basically, no, two, the header. People, okay, I'll send you. The header. The header calls the drifter as class multi <laughs> instead of being class hunter, titan, oh. or warlock. They yes, call it, it does, class yes. multi. Class it multi. Jesus right. Christ, pain in the ass. Well, but uh, but we were talking about there's. I was saying there's a transcript where the drifter is kind of talking to no one. <clears throat> yeah, there's only and... one one-sided conversation. Yeah, that he's talking this... to the emissary. Yeah, but that isn't this. Because he's always listening. God. Watching. This entry that I just linked to, surveillance transcript, I posted it in the Discord chat. Well, I can't access the Discord chat. I have the the thing up. Should, will I, shall I post it in Twitch? I don't care. <laughs> Either way, they call the Drifter a multi-class guardian. And some people are trying... Not trying. Some people like read that as, like, he's got access to all the classes. And I guess... Is that possible? With his, like, souped-up ghost? Maybe. Like, maybe he actually can be anything? He can he can go from using a golden gun to using a well of radiance? I mean... Because I will kill no... your ghosts right now. I don't think... Uh, I mean, class multi... I don't know. I don't know what that could mean, really. And there's no evidence of... We, we've never seen him use any supers. Yeah, the only, because the only he time because he rejects the light. The only time he's been threatened, he summons a captain, which was awesome. And I I want to talk about that. Um, but so when I first read the class multi, my interpretation was that he rejects he rejects the light. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't like his ghost. He literally calls out his ghost as not being a friend and not to trust anyone's ghost. Mm-hmm. So if he rejects the light. He's no class, you know, like he, he might be a Titan. He might be a warlock. He might be a hunter. Literally no one has ever seen him cast a super or use any of the abilities. He's just walking around, not accepting the traveler's dogma as he calls it. And so would that not be a suitable answer for 
multi-class. Sure. Kind of. What was the, uh, what was the armor perk? The, 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 uh, sorry. What was the artifact that enabled us to abandon the, um, the super for another grenade? That was the memory of Felwinter. Yeah. You got extra, you got double melee and double grenade at the cost of your super. Yeah. That's what made me, that's what it made me think of right off the bat. Because we also learned a little bit about Felwinter. And it made me wonder, why would they tell me this? Why are they telling me this? I mean, like, it's either they, they give him multi-class or they just give him a class. But I feel like multi-class is to say no one knows what his ghost is capable of. So it can't mean that he can be anything. And if he could be anything, people would be all over that. They'd be like, okay, well, why the hell can he be anything? That's a big deal. So it has to mean, to me, it has to mean that they just don't know what he is. Mm. Right. Another right. thing, too, is remember when we were able to use the other artifact where we could, you know, bitch slap an enemy and they'd be our friend for a little bit? <laughs> that was, oh, was that Teamer. One? Memory yeah, of Teamer. They were really cool. I liked. I actually liked artifacts as a as a concept. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, and it was one of those things where they managed to change the, 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 they managed to change the gameplay, slightly, mm-hmm. but not to the same extent as you know switching subclass or or switching your exotic armor. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, I asked this. I asked this a long time ago. I think it was maybe a year ago. I asked this: Would you be okay if um, Destiny changed things up a bit and instead of having Hunter, Titan, Warlock, they went to one class and you could use all the different abilities, but they introduced two new playable classes, and so they went from being Hunter, Titan, Warlock to just Guardian. And then they introduced, like, you could play as a Fallen, as a second option, or as a third option, you could play as a character of darkness. You'd be a piece of shit to pick a Fallen. I don't think I would... I mean, I... I I mean, that's that's like... It's almost like saying, what if Destiny was a a puzzle game? (laughs) (laughs) That was the reaction I got, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's so different to what we have that it's impossible to, to judge whether it would be better. I mean, I I, <laughs> I like Destiny for what it is. I'm just waiting for the day that a Fallen does actually get resurrected by a ghost. Because mm. I can see that happening in the near future. I mean, I yeah, I I would be interested to see that. I don't know. Would they be the Kell of Kells? Well, I mean, I think if you had an immortal, uh, well, well, we could just say, give him a max. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, what's that? Sorry, you could just give him a mech suit. A mech suit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, Civics had a mech suit, and we destroyed that, so that's not going to go well. Yeah, but it I took mean, a while. <laughs> but I think I mean, they you know what I was going it. to say was, if you had an immortal, um, kind of elixir, then you. 
they would probably have a massive advantage in terms of what like being considered well, the kill of cows. So specifically, but from the sounds of things like Fikro, um, can resurrect himself. Who is that right? Fikro, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah Fikro, is not dead, like at yeah. all. <laughs> which, which is like, kind of. I mean, I, I know he's he's not really fallen in this in the in the the pure sense that Varix would consider it. He's not Elixni in the pure sense that Varix would would consider it. But I still think that he, you know. I mean, a, a lot of like the fallen have have fallen so far that I I think they would the majority of of fallen would happily overlook that. Yeah, I I mean to say specifically when when Skolas was claiming to be Kell of Kells and he went to the House of Kings, Varric said the House of Kings would only ever listen to you if the traveler like came down and chose you. But would mm-hmm. that not be a ghost? Like, would that mm-hmm. not be like the Traveler chose this Fallen? And mm-hmm. so right now, because, you know, it's talking about light, right now we have three Elixni factions um, kind of vying for the Kell of Kells position. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 get, I will actually uh, call it four including Fickrell, even though he's not Kell of Kells, he's looking, he's like the opposite end of that. So you have Fickrell, who's trying to further destabilize the Elixni culture and make all of them scorn. You have Varix, who is like fed up with no one being able to take the Kell of Kells position. And he's basically saying, we are going back as house judgment. Follow me. We're going back to the old ways. You have Mithrax, who is saying we need to accept the new ways. We need to be the house of light and work with the guardians and prove ourselves worthy of the traveler. And then you also have Aramis, the ship stealer who is from the house of devils and was able to escape during the, um, the breakout from forsaken. She was trapped in the uh, prison of elders. She was able to break out during the whole thing. And she's trying to rebuild the house of devils. So she's kind of like the wild card here because you have like your three positions, destroy, old way, new way. And then you also have Aramis who's like, what are you going to (laughs) do? But all of them are going for the Kell of Kells position. And I'm excited about that. I can't wait for that expansion. That one. Oh my God. If that's going to be the fall expansion, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my damn mind. That's going to be so awesome. That would would be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that deserves to be a big one. I don't know if I think that will be the next expansion. I feel as though... You shut your mouth. <laughs> hey, real quick, can we talk about the Inquisition? <laughs> the Praxic Inquisition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody expects the Praxic Inquisition. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, go talk. talk. Yeah, yeah, tell us, tell us your position no, on the, I, the light. I just think... I just think I just think it's neat how um, right off the bat, Honor, did I pronounce it correctly? Who knows? Oh, who know? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what? The 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 H is silent. No, I'm just <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying that. Okay, so there's very much the praxis order, and we've 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 understood over the years that the praxis were very. <clears throat> 
uppity. Let me write. Let me. Yeah. Let me find the term. Uh, sacrifice. They built themselves up for the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, we have examples in game where they throw their light at their enemies as uh, a hail mary to serve to save whatever's left or whatever they can. So we know that uh, Ariana did it in the Hellmouth. We know that uh, Taiko did it. And uh, it seems that, and like I said before, I don't call them fanatical or anything like that. I just think that they see themselves as a righteous group and they feel it is their responsibility to show the other light bearers how to walk in the light for the greater good at all costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very much by their authority that they give themselves the power to say whether or not you are right. I'm trying to be delicate. Well, I almost feel as though from a... like if you look at kind of again the politics of the tower they almost replace the speaker in a sense you know, yeah Ikora like, mentioned we'll all be the speaker like yeah it'll be a multifaceted I, role i i feel as though the the proxic um order is you know it's it you can imagine the speaker being kind of in line with with a lot of their their views I feel like um, I feel like Bungie this really needs to like pull the trigger, and in like one massive expansion, flesh out all these different like, because it seems like everyone's just like on their own moral high ground. Like you have yeah. the Vanguard, you have New Monarchy, you have Dead Orbit, you have Future War Cult, you have other factions that we haven't like really gotten much of, like Symmetry Concordat. and and the Concordat, and then you also have the Praxic Order. Uh, I think the Pilgrim Guard is completely wiped out, right? Pilgrim Guard and Sunbreakers were destroyed in the Red War. Pretty much, yes. And and in fact, in in the older items, uh, I think it was the Pilgrim Pilgrims that have the. I, mm, let me make sure. I think the Pilgrims are the ones that have the items that talk about each individual giving their last full measure on different locations within the solar system. Is that the one? Let me see. <clears throat> but either way, um, where they, 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 I think they should have like kind of like Destiny Civil War, where it's like all these other these other factions that have been existing in the background actually get fleshed out, and it's like a battle for how the city will be run. Hmm. Oh no, that was the first pillars. Sorry. Like I think that'd be a. An interesting direction. Yeah, definitely, it would be. And then they could <clears throat> they could elaborate on some of those things and why they are. You know, the, the I would lose my mind if they started uh, fleshing out the phenomenons. Yeah, them too. And like that's an, that's another like. There's so many people looking at the light and saying the light needs to be like this. The light needs to be like this. If you do this, you're against the light. If you do this, you're against the light. But it's like more and more we're learning like. It, light and that's like we're almost like at the end of um you know our time here so like it's it's really and i guess we're gonna pick this back up next week we'll like continue this light and dark 
um, a very old theory from Guardian was like back in Taken King that the light and the dark were the same force just kind of looked at looked at differently and I used to agree with that I ultimately disagreed with that but now with like new stuff I'm starting to think like okay maybe that's closer to the truth not the whole truth but it's closer to the truth where it's like there's light and they're dark and they're they're the same power they're on this like the spectrum and like we just use one portion of the spectrum they use a different portion of the spectrum it doesn't make it any better or worse than the other it's just there when you when you brought that up first in chat i was it made me go off on a tangent and i started looking up spectrums of light and color wheels Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then i noticed right off the bat the primary uh spectral light you know there's two graphs but anyway Mm -hmm. the 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 primary spectral lights were uh, purple, a shade of blue, and a shade of orange. And mm-hmm. it made me think void, arc, solar. And then in the very middle, when they all intersect, it was either true white or true black. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's, yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely, uh, as, as, as we just read in that card from the, from the Drifter, you know, his ghost is able to use use light beyond the spectrum yeah. that that our ghosts can access. And and like the drifter said back in the back in the dark ages, void light was seen as heretical. Void light was seen as darkness. And there are still people today, like who are like, oh, void light's actually the darkness, and we use that. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> but is it? <laughs> if you imagine, like, uh, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think is interesting is that, like, you know, we talk about void and arc and solar as being almost like different flavors of light. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our enemies all use void, arc, and solar. Energy. They're not yeah. using yeah, the light. Use yeah. yeah. And and it is as, you know, like, oh, oh, we've discussed before on this show the difference between void and void light. And I, I've. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we're gonna learn more over time about. Yeah, see, like Sean Vertigo is... just said, it's void is more dark than the others. Is it? Yeah. Well, is it though? I mean, maybe it is, but maybe. Like, but like, what but is it? What is the? <laughs> okay, but here, look. Okay. <laughs> There's no That's, answer. It's all, how, it's all how you look at it. Like, for instance, if you thought of solar and and the praxics. Uh, they all seem to uh, rally around mainly mm. the solar class. Okay, I'm not going to specifically yeah. say that they're all solar because I don't know, but they all seem to just go up in flames in conflagration, <laughs> and the sunbreakers do too. But so, <clears throat> what does it take to create solar energy in in the in the realm of material world? Uh, right, so. <laughs> It, it takes an annihilation and a massive nuclear uh, reaction to create that. But that doesn't happen on its own. It happens by consuming the material around it. Void, on the other hand, is almost the opposite. It almost seems as if there was 
pulled out of nothingness, which is exactly what they describe it as, is reaching in and pulling it from the layer in between realities and pulling mm -hmm. it into the material world and using it and wielding it. But the longer you use it and wield it, the more affected yeah. by it you are. And yeah, then art is that. this magnetic energy that is a in-between it's very much using the gravitational waves and using the uh, combustive forces of material to create a shock wave of electricity. Mm -hmm. So you have a yin and yang, but you have one in the middle that's held by the two. But like, even if I can accept that, that doesn't make void darker to me just because I mean, it it's, doesn't either. Just yeah. because it's on opposite ends doesn't mean it's darker and then that's the same thing with the dark because arguably Eris used the dark to pull us out of Crota's throne or away from Crota's throne to a different part of Crota's throne when we went to go get the essence of his soul and the Taken King. Like what are we, what are we doing when we, we become ascendant and we're going into the ascendant challenges? Like would a Praxic right. Warlock, would a Praxic Warlock like kill us on the spot? If they Wait, here's the thing, Anon, here's the thing. We have we have we have witnessed uh, like Praxics working with Sonatana, you know, in game in items. We know that there are teams of different philosophies working together to create things that are maybe a little outside the norm. Um, you know, for instance, what was uh, anyway? It doesn't matter. But there, the, we know in the the uh, in the lore that these guys they don't just straight up kill each other. Uh, so, you know, I think that the Praxics do. Well, know, they would want us exiled, I should say. Yeah, they, yeah. If they had the authority, I think they would. Yeah. They're like, like uh, yeah, he's becoming ascendant, going into a, the ascendant realms. We need to kick yeah. him the hell out. Yeah. So, thereby, our own rule and government and the consensus of the people and those that are in power, we prevent anyone. Uh, philosophy from emerging as the greatest and most uh, authoritative. Did I say that right? Authoritative? Mm. authoritative? I don't know. Good enough. Alright. Hmm. Well, uh, that feels like a good place to uh, to leave it off on, and we'll pick it up on the 31st of March. 9-15. March 31st. Excuse me, everyone. Uh, anything you want to end on? No, I think we've covered quite a lot. I'm interested to see what Guardian has to say when he rejoins us. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that's a pretty big deal. Asshole getting sick. How dare he? <laughs> like, he should know better. <laughs> I, I just want real quick I just want to point out I, I think great job on Bungie's behalf for making us all doubt our decisions whether we decided mm -hmm. to align with the drifter or mm -hmm. this, you know, align with the yeah that's true I, I mean I cheated like I looked ahead and saw what everything had to say and then I was mm -hmm. like okay so the drifter <laughs> is the actual like better moral choice because even when but you finish it? Even when but you finish it? the Vanguard side, it's just like <sighs> Honor's like, oh, yeah, he's not that bad, is he? He's just sad. And you just feel like an asshole for for hurting him further 
It's like he actually trusted you and you just hurt him further. And it's like, oh, but he's actually not a bad guy. Well, that cutscene I mean, cut with the emissary is really... Mm-mm. I mean, that's just, That cutscene with the emissary, that bothers me. Because mm-hmm. he summoned a taken captain. Those Are those the medium blockers or the large blockers? I think they're the medium, actually. Yeah, I think they're the medium. Either way, he summoned a medium blocker with one fucking moat. Uh, but he'd, he'd already bunked quite a few. You just hadn't seen them. That's not how it works. Uh, it is. It is. No, it is. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not how it works for us. That's bullshit. He just has them. He has them. No, he's got like, you know, when you want to. tier six armor. Yeah, tier six armor. Over a door, you know. He's got a bucket over a door filled with nine more. Okay. That's hilarious. I am not following. Then, he no, is a he, cheater. That's why he is always saying. He's always saying. I mean, he is a cheater. If clearly. you choose the Vanguard, he'll call you a snitch at the beginning of the game. He's like, you might be a yeah. snitch, but I still need those moats. And it's like, he keep... like how much does it cost you to summon a, t- uh, a knight? Is it is it one moat for a goblin, one moat for a knight, one moat for a captain? So you're taking night. Like, let's say that we summon like. 10 bosses or 10 10 taken across that whole thing he's banking for himself 90 moats that is 90 taken that he is creating yeah i mean don't this is just this is just capitalism there's nothing <laughs> like he's running the program he can do what he likes he's got a monopoly on gambit and that should he not could, be allowed he could he could charge Shax, Shax doesn't have a monopoly on the Crucible. That's why Solid End's there. Why aren't they stepping in? Who's they? I don't know. Yeah, Big exactly. Brother. This is what, yeah, this is what exactly. happens when you have an Who is the who telling who what to do? <laughs> Anor needs to make her own version of Gambit. That's the only yeah, way. It'll, it would, that's the it only way it'll be, be fair. It'll be trial. Praxic kind of version. It'll be pra- it'll be Praxis trials. It'll be the trials of the Praxic. What, what, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into that. I was going to ask what that would it'll, be like, but let's let's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to stay up to date on the show, you should follow us on Twitter. It is at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, just like the name here. Just uh, all one word. We're going to get some panels. You know, we have a name now. We have a live soon screen. We're going to get some panels so you can find the Twitter, our Twitters, the podcast. I don't know. Maybe like memes. I don't know. Maybe. I have a panel. Panel for a Google Doc just filled with memes. That sounds like a great idea. Right? That, that's what will set us apart from the other shows. Sick memes. <laughs> a bunch of fucking memes. <laughs> Alright, well. Bye. 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 Guardian didn't say bye because he's an asshole. <laughs>